listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. So pumped to be here. I've missed you. It's been a long time. And uh, I'm so pumped to be with our Melbourne family. I send, bring love from your Auckland family. Every time, every time uh, it word gets out that one of us are coming over, there would be about 100 people that go, can I come one time? Can I come one time? And we tell them, just jump on a plane. Come on over. Let's hang out. Fred's over here. Fred Lamalu. I just saw Fred. Where's Fred at? Freddie, where you at? Fred Lamalu. Facebook Live over there, which is awesome. Uh, Rob. I heard Rob on Life Business is going to do a backflip on a motorbike or something in here, which would be really cool. Rob. Where's Rob? Was the first guy ever. Where's Rob? First Australian ever to do a backflip on a motorbike, which is very cool. If you could pray for me afterwards that I'd get that anointing. I tried one once, went horribly wrong. <laughs> Never tried it again. Uh, which is, but I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I've got a word from God for us. I don't know about you, but I don't come to church because I've got nothing better to do. I come to church because I want to engage. I love that word that Pastor Craig used, an exchange from heaven. And that's my prayer, is that today we would have an absolute exchange from heaven. Has anyone ever been to Disneyland? You ever been to Disneyland? Give me a wave if you've ever been to Disneyland. When I was about 18 years old, the guy I was working for traveled a little bit and I got the opportunity to travel with him. And uh, one time he came to me and said, hey, we're going to go to America and we've got one day off in America and we're going to go to Disneyland for the day. And I thought, man, that's really cool. He goes, there's just one caveat that I need to let you know about that I'm speaking at a conference, so you're going to take my kids to Disneyland. (laughs) That's cool. At least I get to go to Disneyland. So I kind of hung out with his kids at Disneyland and that was cool and To go through Disneyland and see it through the eyes of a child is very cool. And about eight years later, we were living in America. And on one of our trips back, we used to live on the East Coast. On one of our trips back, we stopped in LA and took my own kids to Disneyland. And to go to Disneyland, looking at Disneyland through the eyes of your own children is is really special. That That was really cool. And then about two years ago, I got invited to speak at my very first ever corporate conference. And I learned very quickly that The difference between a corporate conference and a church conference is that a corporate conference, they don't care if you're not there other than the 45-minute slot you got to speak. Like They don't want you on the front row. They don't care. And the conference happened to be in the Disneyland Resort. So I'm like, I'm here. Disneyland's there. I only have to speak for 45 minutes. I'm going to be the creepy 40-year-old guy Walking around Disneyland with no kids, like by myself. I owned it. I was the creepy guy. Walking around Disneyland. Do you need, where's your kids, sir? Like the other side of the world, literally. Uh, and then uh, 12 months later, I got invited to speak again at the same conference. And it was in the same resort. So we turned up on a Thursday night. And there was like five of us who were keynote speakers and were sitting around a table. And one of the speakers said, hey, did you know that there's a secret restaurant? In Disneyland, it's true. You can Google it. Google says it's true. It's true. Uh, There's a secret restaurant in Disneyland. It's called Club 33. Now, you can't ring up and get an invite to this restaurant. You literally have... Sorry, you can't ring up and make a booking. You literally have to know someone who knows someone to get into this restaurant. And uh, one of the speakers knew someone who knew someone, and they got an invite to the restaurant, and they said, hey, we're going to Club 33 tomorrow night. I'm like, this is awesome. Then look at me and said, no, no, not we as in all of us, we as in us three and you're not invited. I've read Pastor Paul's book, Isolating Insecurity, so I buckled up and I'm good to go. And 
So anyway, that night they went out to Club 30. Sorry, the next night they went out to Club 33 and I sat in my hotel room with room service. It was awesome. And uh, anyway, the next day we're in Disneyland. We're walking around Disneyland. And the guys who went to Club 33 said, you know, there's so much more going on below the surface than you can see. Like over there, see that tree? That's not actually a tree. It's an elevator that goes down to this whole underground tunnel system. See that guy over there? He's not actually a security guard. He's the guy waiting to meet the VIPs to take them down into Club 33. See that moat around that ride over there? It's not actually a moat. What it is, is the aquarium that you walk through to get into the restaurant of Club 33. We're standing outside of the general admission and he goes, hey, see that facade of an old cafe over there? It's not actually an old cafe. It's the side entrance for the VIPs so they don't have to wait with all the generals and go in the... And I thought, that's how every Christian should live. We should know that there's more going on below the surface than we actually see. And we've got a God that wants to give us insight into what's actually going on below the surface. There's more to the conversation you're having that's below the surface. There's more that's going on in your business than below the surface. There's opportunities that others don't see that's below the surface because we serve the God who doesn't just see above the surface, but He sees below the surface. There's more going on in your kids' lives than is on the surface and he wants to give you the ability to see what's going on below the surface I'm going to give you my whole message in one sentence this is the big idea this is it I'm going to pack up get on a plane and be gone in about three seconds when I give you this one I've got nothing else to say once I give you this here's 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 what I want you to get today that I can live bigger than myself through the enabling of the Holy Spirit I can live bigger than myself through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my ability through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my current resource through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. My destiny is not determined by my bank account or my resource. It's determined by the indwelling and the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger Then my past, come on, anyone say a big amen to that. I can live bigger than the mistakes I've made, than the regrets I have, than the things I've been through, through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. You know, every time I look at Pastor Marie, I think if there was ever a lady who checked every box on the sheet as to why not, abuse, check, addiction, check. Tragedy, check. Poor decisions by her own admission, check. If there was ever a lady who ticked every box as to why she shouldn't live to the full potential that God had on her, it would be Pastor Marie. If you don't know her story, grab her book, A Diamond in the Dirt. But when she realized that through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I can live bigger than my past regrets, my past mistakes, my past issues, my past challenges, she's lived bigger than her past through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I've got good news for you. It's not through your own enabling. It's through the Holy Spirit's enabling. Here's the, here's the other thing. I can live bigger than my gifting through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name's Brogan. Brogan is our South Worship Pastor. Brogan, about, I think three months ago, 
won the national record of all time for his age and his division of powerlifting in the squatting section. Brogan squatted 370 kilos. That's like seven of me. Oh, you're hateful. Will DeLacy, you're a jerk. But, but, but he squatted like 370 kilos. He then got up the next morning and led worship. You're supposed to be able to be good at sport or creative. Not and. I turn up the next Tuesday to staff meeting. He's playing the drums. Looks like he's going to eat them, but he's playing the drums. He's then playing the bass guitar. He starts a business online. He produced and wrote a book that came out last week. I hate Brogan. Like the guy's got so many talents, it makes you sick. Ever met those guys that are so gifted? They make you sick. I've got one trick. You're looking at it. This is it. This is all I've got, team. I'm a one-trick pony. I've got nothing else. If you're waiting for me to lead worship, not happening. This is all I've got. I'm going to get a t-shirt made. I hate Brogan. Like the guy, get him down. He makes me sick. But here's the deal. I've learned that through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I can live bigger than my gifting. I can live bigger than my natural limitation. Whatever God has for you, the Holy Spirit can enable you. Whatever door God opens, don't go, well, I don't have the gifts for that. I've been doing ministry now for 22 years. And I love what I get to do. But never in a million years did I think I'd be able to do what I'm doing today. But through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. And that's not a pastor story. That's a Christian story. That you can believe to live bigger than yourself through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Let me read you a scripture out of Acts chapter 14. That hopefully will bring this to light. Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 8, says this. While they were at Lystra, they came upon a man with crippled feet who had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. Don't you love the Bible? The Bible makes it real clear. He had crippled feet, and by the way, he never walked, in case you didn't get it in the crippled feet part. He was listening as Paul preached, and Paul noticed him and realized, Can I pause for a moment? I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to speak publicly, but when you preach or speak publicly, there's like three voices going on in your head. I hear voices. There's the, no one's getting anything out of this because they look like this. There's the, Holy Spirit, what are you saying voice? And there's the, man, what was my notes? What did I prepare next voice? There's like three voices. And amongst all of that, the Bible says that Paul noticed him and realized. Do you know that when you walk in, no matter how busy your week is, no matter how full your head is, the Holy Spirit wants you to have a notice and realize moment where you walk in and see things you've never seen before and hear things you've never heard before and notice people in a way you've never noticed before. Paul noticed him and realized that he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him, stand up. And the leper, sorry, st- the Paul called to him, stand up. And the man leper, leaped to his feet and started walking. 
When the listening crowd saw, church, there's always a listening crowd. Wherever you go, there's a listening crowd. At work, there's a listening crowd. At school, there's a listening crowd. When you buy milk, there's a listening crowd. When you're watching your son, who's seven years old, play sport and you get frustrated and yell on the sidelines, there's a listening crowd. Note to self. There's a listening crowd. You know why there's a listening crowd? Because God wants his church to be salt and light outside of the four walls of the church to bring out the God colors and the God flavors. There's a listening crowd. When the listening crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their own dialect, of course. These men are gods in human bodies. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Jupiter and that Paul, because he was the chief speaker, was Mercury. The local priest of the temple, Jupiter, located on the outskirts of the city, bought them cartloads of flowers and prepared to sacrifice oxen to them at the city gates before the crowds. But when Barnabas and Paul saw what was happening, they ripped at their clothes in dismay and ran out amongst the people shouting, Men, what are you doing? We are merely human beings like yourselves. We have come to bring you the good news that you are invited to turn from the worship of these foolish things and pray to God instead, the living God, who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. Father, I pray today that you would speak to us, that every one of us would see our lives and every one of us would see our current circumstance through the filter of being enabled with the Holy Spirit. God, would we walk out of here today and do life a little bit differently because of what you speak and because of what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I get a few things out of this scripture. I'm gonna give you three ideas that you can believe for this week. That when you go to work Monday, in fact, when you leave church today, you can believe through the enabling of the Holy Spirit for life to be a little bit different, for you to align with what God wants you to do and be empowered to do that. Let me give you three thoughts. Number one, through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I can see what is beyond my natural sight. Through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I can see what is beyond my natural sight. About 12 years ago, we moved to New Zealand. And when we moved to New Zealand, we, we didn't move to work for church. We moved because... God asked us to and we didn't have a job. There was nothing on the radar and I had to earn some income because I had to feed my children. And uh, when I turned up, I thought, well, maybe I'll buy a house and do it up and sell it because I'd done that once or twice in America. And I thought I'll, I'll buy a house. I bought a house in a place called Pyroa, which in hindsight was the worst place. It's like right near Thames. There's only one good thing that comes out of Thames and that's Nadia Clark and everything else. Don't even go there. It's like Jesus. Nothing good comes out of that part of the country except Nadia Clark. So I buy this house and uh, I saved it, bro. So I buy this house and the lady who I bought it from was a very good sales lady and uh, she could sell ice to an Eskimo and told me, look, if you buy this house for X amount, just paint it and put a new kitchen in it. I'll sell it for you for X amount. And the turnaround time will be about 12 weeks. Team, when the deal is too good to be true, is probably too good to be true. So halfway through the renovation, 
the meatworks of the, of the town burns down, which is 80% of the employment of the town. And there goes my buy it for X amount and sell it for X amount. It's buy it for X amount now worth X amount. So I'm like, I'm going to hold on to this thing. So over the next eight years, and Pyro was not known for its quality of tenants. Let's just say that. Like I'm down there every two weeks fixing holes in the walls, fixing holes in the doors, replacing doors because they've been used for barbecue out the back. Let's just say it's not the highest quality of clientele. So I'm dealing with this lady, if not every month, then, if, sorry, if not every week, then at least every month on some issue. It's, it's vacant for three. I lost $60,000 on that house over the next eight years. But over the next eight years, I built up a relationship with this lady. And I'd say to her from time to time, hey, if you're in Auckland, why don't you step by, stop by and see our church? Her response would be, if I walk into church, the bleeping roof would fall in. If you don't know what bleeping is, see me after. I'll let you know what bleeping means. I said, yeah, but Craig Clark's in church every Sunday and the bleeping roof doesn't fall in. So we're okay. I didn't say that. I said, hey, I'm in church every Sunday and the roof's still standing. You'll be okay. Fast forward to about four years ago. Her husband's dying of cancer. She calls me down to talk funerals and I'm standing in the bedroom with her husband taking his last breath. So I'm on one side of the bed. She's on the other side of the bed. I say, hey, I know you think you know what I do, but you don't really know what I do. And if at any point during this whole process you want to pray, you don't need to know the right words. Just say, God, I need you. She looks at me and she goes, I don't bleep and pray. That's what I've got you for. So you bleep and pray. I'm like, yes, ma'am, I'll do that. Just saying, if you ever want to pray, feel free to pray. Just, let's just leave it there. Husband passes away. I do the funeral. Two weeks later, I'm at our South Campus speaking, and she's in the fourth row. I said, hey, what are you doing here? She says, well, I've got nothing for me in Thames anymore, and I saw the light, so I left like every good person does. And uh, I've decided to move to Auckland. I'm like, that's awesome. I said, you're welcome here anytime. She's been in our South Campus pretty much every Sunday since six months after her being there she says to me hey can I get an appointment with you like yeah no problem she comes in and sees me she goes hey I've been volunteering for cap a day a week I had no idea uh I'd love to be able to raise some money for a cap do you think I could bake some cakes and sell them I'm like well we're not really the cake baking sell type church but I'm going to help you get involved she goes no no I'm involved I just want to know how I can get more involved I said hey can we take a time out? I just need to ask you a question. Have you actually started your own relationship with Jesus? Her response was, I'm a Christian. God and I are good. Stop it. Move on. <laughs> I'm a man under authority. I know what to do. So we keep the conversation flowing. About six months later, she calls me and she says, hey, I want to get baptized. I said, hey, in, in four weeks' time, we've got a baptism service happening at our central campus. I could, I could make sure I'm in the tank and I'll baptize you there. She goes, oh, no, no, no. The world ain't ready to see this body in a swimsuit, so I don't want to do it publicly. Can we do it in between services? So in between services, Amanda, my wife, and I go to the central campus at about three in the afternoon. There's a baptism tank right over there, and we baptize this lady. I say, hey, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. She got a little bit of a fright on the way down and went, oh, bleep, on the way down in the baptism tank. So I held her under there a little bit longer just to wash her off real good, like get her real clean. 
And then I, then I bought her up. Two weeks ago, I'm out at our South Campus. I look over and for the first time ever, I see this lady with her hands in the air, worshipping God. After the service, she comes to me and she goes, hey, you know, the granddaughter that I have that I've just taken custody of because my son's a drug addict. She's been coming to church for two years and she loves it. She wants to get baptized. She's 11. So next weekend, I was going to do it this weekend, but I'm here. Next weekend, in between services, I'm driving out to our South Auckland campus to baptize her 11-year-old daughter. I thought I was buying a house. I'm just buying a house. Listen, you're not just going to work. You're not just going to school. You're not just part of your rugby club. God wants you to see beyond what you can see with your natural sight. And He's setting something up for you to be a part of. Through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, that God wants you to see beyond what you can see. I thought I was buying a house. I didn't want to lose $60,000. I thought I was buying a house. She's saved. She's baptised. Her daughter's... The whole trajectory of that family has changed. Why? Because I said, Holy Spirit, let me see beyond what I can see in my natural sight. What's going on in your world that God wants to show you behind what you can see so that you can make a difference? Number one, through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I can see beyond what is in my natural sight. Number two, I can speak with an authority of heaven. Not January just gone, but the January before, I was sitting at my, on a Saturday afternoon, I was sitting at my dining room table like I normally am, preparing a message, and my phone rings. It was a friend of mine who I used to work with in the States, who I know now travels with Justin Bieber. And he calls me, he's like, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, doing great. He goes, hey, do you still live in Auckland? Obviously, we're really good friends. Uh, do, you still live in, do you still live in Auckland? I'm like, yeah. He goes, hey, do you want to go to a Justin Bieber concert tonight? He was, Justin Bieber was in town. I'm like, well, I, I don't really want to go, but I'm sure my daughters would love to go. He goes, look, just tell me how many tickets you want. I'm like, man, I see a business opportunity. I'm going to get 500 and scalp them out the front. I'm paying my mortgage off tonight. We're done. But then I became Christian again. And I went, I uh, said, yeah, no problem. Uh, he said, just call me back with how many tickets you want. So I go out to my, uh, our living room where my girls were, and they were doing whatever they do on a Saturday, painting nails or something. And I walk out and I'm like, Hey, you guys want to go to a Justin Bieber concert? Like they went, I didn't, you would have thought I just told them Jesus was coming back that day. But on a, they go berserk. I'm like, oh, cool. I can get us some tickets. Um, and, and you can bring a friend. They start rattling off friends. I'm going to bring Emma and I'm going to bring Ashley. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You get one friend each. So pick your favorite and deal with the carnage on the next day. But you get one each. So I call my friend back. I'm like, hey, bud, uh, can I get five tickets? He's like, yep, no problem. Here's Justin's PA's number. Me and JB, tight. He's like, here's Justin's PA's number. Just call him and he'll tell you how to get the tickets. So I call Justin's PA. I'm like, hey, uh, this is Scott. Oh, yeah, you're Carl's friend. Yep, no problem. Hey, mate, can I get five tickets? Yep, no problem. Uh, the passcode to get into the VIP tent is my phone number. Who knew? So all phone numbers in New Zealand, most of them start with 021. So next time Justin Bieber's in town, just try 021, have a guess. You may hit jackpot. I don't know. <laughs> so I turn up to the VIP tent and the guy looks at me and he's like, uh, general admissions over there. So I pull out my phone. I'm like, hey, does this make any difference? He's like, right this way, sir. <laughs> I promise you, this is how it happened. We turn into the VIP tent. 
They give my daughters Justin Bieber backpacks, a blanket with Justin's face on it, a hat that says, I'm sorry. I'm like, you should wear that all the time. It's prophetic. Uh, like food and snacks in there. They then say, we're going to take you to your reserved section. We go past all general admission. I think it was the Holy Spirit repairing the damage from Club 33. We go past general admission. I'm like, hey, plebs. We walk through. We go down the front and we're front row. Like I'm here and Justin's there. I'm like, I didn't really. Well, anyway, so I'm there. And the guy says to me, you need anything, just show them the number. Hey, I'm not deluded too bad to know that every door that got opened in that moment had nothing to do with me and everything to do with who I represented. The Apostle Paul walked past a man who'd been crippled since birth. Everyone knew him as the crippled man. You know, every neighborhood's got that guy. I used to live in an area of town where there was this Asian man who used to do Tai Chi every morning at 6.45 on the corner of Green Lane and Ascot, like main roads. I'm like, dude, I'm sure there's a park across the street, but knock yourself out right there. He was known as the Tai Chi man. My kids knew him at like, I almost felt like we had him for dinner every week. Hi, Tai Chi man. Like we'd wave at the Tai Chi man. We'd pray over the Tai Chi man. He was the Tai Chi. This guy was the cripple guy. Have I got any money for the cripple guy today? Like no one called him anything else except the cripple guy. And then one day the apostle Paul, enabled by the Holy Spirit, said to the cripple guy, stand up. No one had ever said to the cripple guy, stand up. But the apostle Paul spoke not on his authority, but on the authority of heaven. God wants you to go into your workplace where there are broken people and not speak to them as broken people, but as healed people, not as busted people. You know the people in your work that annoy you? I've got them all over my work. Like they're everywhere. I work with a lot of annoying people. Pray for me. But listen, there are people in your work who everyone has written off that you can speak with the authority of heaven. And say, you don't have to go from relationship to relationship, but God can become your source. You don't have to live depressed anymore, but God can move through you. And you can speak, enabled by the Holy Spirit, and say something of heaven that no one's ever spoken to them before. Because the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to speak with an authority that is not yours. Third and final band, come and join me. Third and final. The Holy Spirit wants to enable you to understand that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew, but he wants to use you. Creation didn't finish in Genesis. God is a creator and he's been creating ever since. And the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and he still wants to renew but he wants to use you and you and you four years ago I was at Joe and TC's wedding for those of you who don't know Joe and TC Joe and TC are our south youth pastors Joe is very very New Zealand and TC is very very African 
like very African. I walk in to do the wedding. It's like the United Nations. There's Africa on one side and albinos on the other side. It was the funnest wedding I've ever done. One of the things that African ladies love to do, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher this. One of the things African ladies love to do when they're excited is go, I had the whole room going, Joe's 90-year-old, very white grandma standing up going, it was awesome. At the end of the wedding, I said to Amanda, hey, babe, we're finally home. She goes, what do you mean? We've been here four years. Can I let you in on a secret? Don't tell Pastor Paul when he comes next. Can I let you in on a secret? The favourite part of my job is not budgets. God forbid it's not budgets. It's not strategic plans. It's playing a small part in someone's journey to see them create and renew to who God's called them to be. I said, babe, we're home. See Joe and TC. I've been meeting with Joe. No, I've been meeting with TC for seven years and I've played a small part to his journey to see where he is today and I can see my life. See over there, there's Andy Myers and I've met with him for the best part of five years and I've had a small part to play in his journey. See over there, that's Johnny Kanua, who's now our North Campus pastor. I've met with him and, and had a little bit to play in, in his journey and in his life. And see over there, there's B-Rad and Zara and I've had a little bit to play and all of a sudden I could see where the investment of my life had gone because the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to be a part of someone's journey of being creative and renewed and become all that God's called them to be. Why do Paul and Rita, why do Paul and Rita give so much to church? Why do they run groups? Why does Rita get so involved in Christmas box? And why do they do what they do in Africa? Because they've got a revelation that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew, but he wants to use us. Why, why does Nigel and Quan Am juggle baby and It'd be a lot easier just to go, I'm taking a pause out of church for a while, which is what a lot of people do. Bad idea. Why do they juggle rehearsals and Nigel up there playing and Quanan coming in one day a week, volunteer? Why? Because they've got a revelation that the Creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew, but He wants to use you. This isn't a pastor's prerogative. It's a Christian's responsibility. That when you're enabled by the Holy Spirit, you can see things a little bit differently. You can speak a little bit differently. And you get to do the most fulfilling thing for any human being and play a small part. I look at Craig and Nards and I can see where months of my life has gone. Months and months and months. He just got it. Listen, there is nothing more fulfilling than being enabled by the Holy Spirit to play a small part. If you're on the bench and you've disqualified yourself, consider this an official invite from heaven. Get off the bench. Say, Holy Spirit, enable me and empower me to this week see beyond what I naturally can see. This week, speak with an authority. Parents, there are some parents you're going to go home and you're going to speak with an authority of heaven and speak life and potential and destiny into your kids. 
Holy Spirit, let me to, lead me to see my part to play in someone's journey to see them become all you have in mind. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.